0: All right. Thank you for joining us again for another episode of Through the Woods, and I am Kyle Woods, your host. And sitting across from me today is Sheila Francis, and she's the executive director of Idaho Brewers United, which is a nonprofit 501c6 organization that was founded in 2012, I believe. That's correct. Is that right? Yeah. All right. Thanks, (laughs) Sheila, for being here.
1: Oh, glad to be here.
0: (laughs) So this is kind of my favorite part when we get started. Just, you know, how do I know these people or what's our relationship? And actually, you and I, uh, of all things, the first time we met, we were on a boot camp uh, for... The Winery industry, the winery industry, you remember right. that? Yeah,
1: I think I was jumping ahead to our second meeting at you know the coffee shop down the road. I was like, Oh, we did meet before that, yeah.
0: <laughs> and that's where it was. And then, funny part is, then I think it was a year or maybe even two years later. Then, all of a sudden, I'm on a boot camp with you for the hops industry, and we're out there doing a tour of the hops facilities during the harvest time. Which, honestly, if people have never seen that before, it's absolutely amazing.
1: It, it yeah. It, there's nothing like it. It's just so hard to explain. I'm sure many crops are like that, but I mean, it's, it's a road crop unlike any other.
0: <laughs> yeah, and then, uh, honestly, if people have headed out towards the wilder area, they're gonna they would see the huge huge trussel fields out there of the hops and it's just absolutely amazing especially if you're out there in you know August to September when they're when they're harvesting it's really cool so yeah,
1: just even the full fields are something to see <laughs> yeah
0: so let's talk about Sheila so right. let's figure out you know where where you got started mm-hmm. you know how you got into this industry and uh, just kind of give us a little bit of background about you
1: all right so my i have kind of a funny background of uh I majored in accounting in college. And by the time I got to my final semester of senior year, I was like, what am I doing? Why? I'm not going to be a CPA. No, thank you. And I don't think my parents wanted to pay for any more college. It was like uh-uh. four years and you're done. So, and I had already transferred twice. So, I think I, I, know, I
0: know that route. I've heard yeah. of that before. Yeah.
1: So, I uh, decided I had a very short stint in the. Uh, Recording live music down in Austin. I worked for an independent company down there. But I really got into the logistics and events. That took me to Chicago, where I worked for a large event production company. They're no longer in business, but we did large, like, those adventure, like, obstacle course type Mm. things. And by that point, I mean, people might recognize my last name. It is familiar. My brother called me and was like, hey, I need some help here at the brewery. He started a brewery. Would you move back? And I was like, absolutely. Uh, I think I was gone from Idaho less than a year, or just about a year. And I was like, I got to get back to Idaho. I just, Chicago's great. Austin's very cool. It's much better to live in Idaho, in my opinion. So my brother is Mike Francis. He did start Pay It Brewing <laughs> Company. So uh, I was the third and em- fourth employee there in 2011, which is wild. Now, like, wow. So from yeah. there, I mean that's yeah. really how I got my start in the beer industry.
0: And what was like kind of your first role with Mike at PayAt? Well
1: Well, I mean, my title was Marketing and Events, but a lot of it was just general wrangling, you know, when you're a company of four trying to do a lot of new things, get involved with the community. We all took on a lot. I will never say I brewed. I mean, I I brewed with air quotes, but it was more like, ooh, I dumped in a bucket. Ooh, I moved, I took some pictures. And that was the extent. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So I was not part of that. I will never claim that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So then in 2016, you became the executive director of Idaho Brewers United. Correct. And I think it's just good to just let people know, talk to us about what is Idaho Brewers United. You know, what are they doing? What is their role with the brewery industry?
1: So Idaho Brewers United, I'll probably call it IBU from here on out just to make it easy. Perfect. we're a trade association, so our three main focuses are legislation, promotion, and education. So we do various things depending on the time of year. Obviously, being here in Idaho, we rep- we do legislation from January until March, April-ish. Yeah, you that, know, policy work, depending yeah. on how the long- The hope is the end
0: of March. Yes. Yes.
1: My plan is always, let's get introduced and get out of here, but that doesn't always go as planned. Yeah. So we work on favorable policy and protect from any detrimental policy for the beer industry and brewing industry, as well as any of our, will you know, go to bat for any of our affiliated industries such as hops or barley, mm-hmm. wholesalers. There's a whole bunch of stuff. <laughs> a lot. Yeah. Yeah. And then I guess I'll skip to education since promotion's the biggest part, uh, but education, we provide various opportunities for brewers to learn from others outside the industry, or we bring in other speakers that are, just a wealth of knowledge just to help everyone get better and sometime eventually i'd like to expand that to some consumer facing education but limited time and energy yeah
0: <laughs> and did uh, COVID play or, or have an effect on you guys with that piece of it anyway oh yeah. yeah we had
1: really really great momentum you know we were building up we added events in 2019 and then 2020. <laughs> Plus, I had a baby, so then it was like, <laughs> the, I had a baby and the world shut down three days later, so <laughs> it didn't really work out for everyone. Yeah, you didn't time
0: that very well, did you?
1: Oh, I kind of did, though, because we went into the hospital well, and everything was normal and we came out and it was like, I guess we're not going anywhere.
0: <laughs> that's true. That would have been in time then you were lucky that actually people could visit you in the hospital. Yeah. yeah.
1: They actually came around when my yeah. parents were there and they were like, by the way, these are your last visitors. <laughs>
0: Well, how is it being a new mother? And then we can kind of get back to the IBU a little bit.
1: It's great. I have a tiny wild child. So, you know, she knows no fear, just boundless energy.
0: Yeah. Do you get to take her to some of the events or no? I
1: try not to take her to events, but she has... You know, she's a brewery regular at a couple places where, you know, if they get my mail or I have to pick up stuff yeah. or I've got a meeting, she knows the drill. Like, <laughs> all right, stay on this side of the concrete wow. and don't touch. <laughs> Going
0: to be a little Sheila one day, huh? No, It's terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Um, So we'll get back to IBU. Then was there any legislative stuff that you guys were working on this year for the brewers?
1: This year we decided to kind of take a step back given that there were – want so many new faces and it seemed like some really really big issues to tackle that sometimes we didn't really have a super clear direction so we're like let's not try and do something just to do something if we don't have a clear purpose and mission passing legislation to pass it is just it's just a waste of you know we can always do better so right we just decided that you know watch which was kind of (laughs) nice.
0: Yeah. Sometimes that's good. Just to see what happens and come back next year with another thing. Yeah,
1: Shake some hands, you know, keep people at the forefront. But uh, no, nothing major that we worked on this year. We did some major stuff within the past couple of years. So it's like, all right, we'll give them a break from talking to the beer people. (laughs) It's a good time
0: to just sit back on this one. Yeah. Well, talk about, you talked about promotion. Mm -hmm. So talk about the things that you guys do promotion wise.
1: So, I mean, our number one goal is to increase people visiting breweries in Idaho, drinking Idaho beer, wherever that may be, and just the general awareness of Idaho beer. Because sometimes we're a flyover state, you'll hear, you know, big breweries distributing Mm -hmm. and they'll go from, like, Colorado to Washington and Oregon. Like, okay, I get that they have bigger markets, but come on. Right, (laughs) right. But we've got some great breweries here, so we have a few major initiatives, or not major initiatives, but... You attended Destination Beer. That is our longest running event in late February in McCall. Our most, our largest, most successful one yet. So that's fantastic. And then we are just a couple weeks away from Idaho Craft Beer Month, which is April. So we'll be kicking that off with Pints Up, which is what these lovely glasses are from previous Pints Up. I love it. Yeah. (laughs) So it's essentially a statewide pint day where you get a You know there's 20 30 participating locations you get it go and they have each have their own promotions most of them do buy a beer get a glass and you can collect all the different ones this year we'll have a brand new design
0: yeah talk about this actually since you do have this in front of us like where does the design come from you know and do you guys do a competition for that as well for someone to get that privilege of getting their design on the glass how does it all work
1: I wish I was doing a competition just (laughs) because, but then it's like, oh, I did not start this early enough. (laughs) But each year we try and work through, you know, use a different artist. And the past couple of years, the Barley Commission uh, has uh, supported the event. Now the Hop Commission is also supporting it. So we've really focused on the Idaho ag portion of it. So. Actually, all of these came from various uh, brewery employees who are also, you know, graphic designers, artists. So, kind of source local, which is pretty cool. Through my own, through our own community, to make new glasses every year.
0: Yeah, no, very cool. And then you said it runs for the whole month of April. So, how does how does it work then? If
1: so, pints up is well, we're we're doing the sixth through the ninth because every is different so we give them a little flexibility i'll have a published list on our website pretty soon of what everyone's doing but then the rest of the month we're working on some other items but essentially it's a an awareness campaign or we realize not everyone is going to choose to drink idaho beer 100 percent of the time but we really want to push emphasize that in april you should be drinking idaho <laughs> beer so whether you're out at a restaurant order ask them what's on tap from idaho or if you are going to the grocery store pick up the six pack from idaho we know there's other beers out there that are fantastic and wonderful but it's just that right time to support your local breweries yeah
0: so okay so we have something february april you know obviously the big question would be is what does the october fest <laughs> look like you know what is that in idaho
1: well we actually don't we don't have an october fest ourselves there's uh, a good number of breweries that have fantastic events on their own. And I don't, I'm really sensitive to not infringe upon what they're already doing, but we will have our North Idaho Beer Fest in September. Uh, it's not necessarily Oktoberfest themed, but uh, it is, as far as I know, it is the only all Idaho, only Idaho Beer Festival in North Idaho. Because, you know, they're so close to Montana, Washington, and yeah. it makes sense for a little bleed over, but. Obviously, I work with just Idaho breweries. So.
0: Yeah, but a beautiful time up there too. Obviously, for that with the weather, oh, we did man. it in
1: November in 2019, mm. and it was great. Thank goodness we had an indoor venue, but yeah, yeah, it was like oh yeah, and it gets dark really early, like it's like 4:30.
0: <laughs> that is probably the most confusing part of this state is that we're in two different time zones. Yes, so, <laughs> it is pretty funny, you know, because you forget when you call up north, you're like, oh yeah, you're an hour behind me, so. Yeah,
1: I'm like, oh, it's 5 o'clock. I wonder yeah. if they're still working. Oh, wait, yes, usually they are. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so I did want to ask you, because on the promotional side, you had talked a little bit, and I'm like, you know what? That would, I'd like to know that. How many breweries actually ship outside of the state? So, Or do you, do you know that? How many people actually have their product leave the state and and try to go because you know so many people are trying to come into our state Mm -hmm. i'm just curious do we have breweries that would uh, actually sell outside the state as well and if that's really an area that they really want to focus on or not
1: Um, it depends so i'd say there's a fair number i don't know the number off the top of my head but you know there's plenty that you can think of that are larger and and packaging being Mm -hmm. a good uh not alternative but packaging is as easier to you know Export in terms of saying than kegs. So I'd say there's a fair number, but there's plenty that they don't even sell out, out of their own bar. They only sell at their own tap room, which is pretty cool. Cause, yeah. I mean, it's impressive. Actually, the Brewers Association developed an entirely new classification of member for tap room breweries where you're predominantly only selling on your own premise, which is kind of neat. That versus, is really neat. Because, gosh, when I first got started and even until more recently – You had to go out to bars and restaurants. You had to get other people to carry your beverages or else it was really hard to make a buck. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And people weren't necessarily in that groove of going direct to the brewery, especially I'd say here in Idaho because everyone else shipped in. You know, you got your Deschutes, your Odell. Can't go visit them after work on a Tuesday. But, you know, down here you can find a whole bunch.
0: (laughs) Well, and I mean, it's it's expensive, too. I mean, a canning line is not something easy, and most people actually don't have their own canning line, so they have to actually hire that out. And, I mean, ever ever since 2019, I know getting cans was actually really hard for people to do as well.
1: Yeah, ca- cans have come a long way. I mean, initially, I mean, it is, anything with brewing. It's a significant capital investment. I mean, it is not cheap to get into brewing by any means, so... And it's nice because it's evolved. Because for so for so long, it was bottles. Canning was only accessible to your absolute largest brewers mm-hmm. because it was just prohibitive, cost prohibitive. You know, I don't think many people would be willing to pay thirty plus dollars for a six pack. But who knows? I'm sure there are some. <laughs> it could it's gotta be got to be a there. real special beer. <laughs> <laughs> That's
0: that barrel age.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah something rare and <laughs> unicorn, something exactly. Or other. <laughs> Uh, so it's come a long way, but yeah, and then mobile canners have become more prevalent where you don't have the equipment. We do, but mm-hmm. we work with six different people. And then some of the major candy manufacturers started to figure it out, but then with the supply chain squeeze, they made some policy changes. I'd argue they weren't the best because they've already reversed a lot of them. So it's it's become better. It's still not fantastic. I mean, the way they make those cans – if you'd, I'd say go watch a YouTube of, like, how it's made for cans because it's incredible.
0: That would be cool, yeah. yeah. Like I think cool a run watch. of
1: cans is, or, like, a truckload of cans is 270,000 cans, I think. So I might be way low on that, actually. But at a, you know, facility that, you know ball out of california that's like an hour (laughs) for them it's not very long and then they spend the rest of the day making soda cans (laughs) oh wow oh man it's kind of (laughs) crazy
0: yeah well and i could see a lot of people want to go the canning route anyway if you want to get into retail establishments you know like an albertson's or something like that i mean that you just had to you had to do that and Mm -hmm. then idaho being a big river state i mean obviously you can't have glass with you so the canning side of it is a big one as well oh yeah it's like
1: camping Boating, going on the river, even just going to the park if you're playing disc golf. Like nobody wants to carry around glass or right. have to figure out how to dispose of it. I mean, I yep. hope everyone's disposing of their cans anyway <laughs> properly, but <Right. laughs> it is a little easier to crunch it up and take it with you. <laughs> That's great.
0: Okay, so let's let's talk about what a day looks like for Sheila as the executive <laughs> director. Like, Tell us some of the roles that you're doing and the things that are part of the job that you have to do.
1: So I am a one-person show, so I get to do a lot of the extremely fun stuff like administrative paperwork and invoicing and go get the mail and go to the bank. But beyond that, uh, you know, we're planning out in advance of our any of our promotions and working with our partners. So, for example, Idaho Craft Beer Month, is, it's a partnership with Visit Idaho to drive more people to Idaho for beer tourism. So, you know, just touching base on those projects or – you know what's our next event what needs to go into that who do i need to call for catering who do i need to call for rentals so it's, it varies significantly if it is if we are pushing stuff in the legislature i am up early making sure i know what was on the agenda if it's our generally i know if it's our bill but just watching some of those to make sure there's no other bills creeping in that might be problematic and yeah it's it's a lot of telephone tag too lot of emails as you've yeah (laughs) wow yeah
0: and then with your little girl I mean yeah
1: it's pretty fun (laughs) she she she's really good at the zoom wave now (laughs) (laughs) that's perfect
0: well that's a good question I mean how often are you on the zoom calls is that almost daily or hopefully not quite that no
1: no longer it's no longer a daily thing thankfully I mean at at least once or twice a week it kind of depends You know, I'll attend some other association meetings from afar just because it's easier Mm -hmm. because it's not necessarily, not all the information is super relevant. It's important, but it's not necessarily relevant to our organization. So it's nice to be able to attend like those virtually and then also be able to knock out some of that. All right, enter some invoices. Who (laughs) owes this money? (laughs) Who do I owe money? (laughs) Yeah.
0: Well, speaking of that, I mean, the work that you guys did, so was it, so talk to us about this because it was either I think it was two years ago that you guys ended up um, partnering with the uh, Idaho hops commission mm-hmm. so in the excise tax so kind of um, talk to us about that how that whole partnership came about
1: all right because this is, this is a little bit of a doozy and I'm so glad we solved it because <laughs> <laughs> this is an issue that uh, really brought Ibu together in a sense so until a couple years ago well it's still tax the same but You've got two different tiers of tax. You've got regular beer tax, which is 15 cents, and that's 5% alcohol by volume and below are taxed at 15 cents a gallon. If you are above 5%, you are taxed at 45 cents a gallon. And until recently the, it was tax, or con- strong beer was taxed and considered wine. So part of the wine statutes were that 5% of the collected uh, excise taxes go to the wine commission. So it's like, well, obviously that's not cool. Love wine, have a lot of respect for them, but beer shouldn't be paying to promote wine. So it actually took us quite a while to get to the bottom of how much beer was actually contributing because as this you know, the sales tax commission was, we don't care where it comes from as long as you're paying it. You know, It's like sales tax. Did you buy pencils or did you buy grapefruit? I don't care. <laughs> Pay right. your 6%. Right. So it took us a, a while to get the information that we needed to fully understand what was actually going on. And beer had a pretty significant impact on their budget. <laughs> like half of wow. their excise tax. Wow. So it it was a challenge given that, you know, they were going to lose a whole big chunk of money, but and they knew and they knew it wasn't right at mm-hmm. the same time. So eventually we got our bills or our Uh, corrections together whereas instead of the five percent of strong beer tax going to the wine commission it would be diverted to the idaho hop growers commission and in turn they were able to increase their portion of excise tax collected on idaho made wine so they stayed whole beer no longer pays to promote a a coopetition as we call it cooperative competition and then the Idaho Hop Growers Commission is now helping run a lot of promotions for beer. So, yeah.
0: so it helps out the promotion of the hops industry
1: Yeah,
0: and then for Idaho brewers as well. Yes.
1: Yeah, it was, a, it was a messy tangled web that took a while to unweave, but it was great once it was done. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, and I mean, so that, that's good for people to know too is because um, I don't think people know that Idaho – Correct me if I'm wrong. Is number one in barley, mm-hmm. and number two in hops. Correct. Yeah, which is is big. Yeah. So having that right here in our backyard, what does that do for our local brewers that they actually have access to something like this?
1: Well, it can do a lot of things. So it's really it's really great for fresh hop season because brewers only have to go, you know, depending on where they are in the state.
0: So it helps at Oktoberfest, <laughs> right? Yes, yeah. and fresh
1: hop season, that yeah. you know, summer is close as a half an hour. And, you know, others go to Oregon and Washington, depending on where they are in the state. So it's really the geographical closeness. You really get that fresh, fresh hop off the vine, <clears> which is great. And then uh, barley, there is a local, or not a local, a state facility I'm not saying that right. (laughs) There is a company in Idaho that grows in Idaho and malts in Idaho. Okay. So there's not a lot of states that can claim that what ingredients were grown there are mass produced enough and then they can go everywhere. So Great Western actually started um, bagging Idaho specific malt to keep it identity preserved. So we can on a large scale, brewers can brew 100% Idaho beer. There's other states that have their own barley and malted barley and hops, but nowhere near on the commercial production side where it makes sense to make a whole bunch of it. So brewers can brag and put a bigger emphasis on using Idaho-grown ingredients. Which is
0: great. I mean, <clears throat> that's part of the, the PR side of it, too, you know, and a lot of people love that, you know. <laughs> that Idaho Preferred came from that, where, I mean, people just have pride of, of having their products all here right in Idaho. So that's that's a big piece for them.
1: And it's, it's incredible how you just don't totally know it. I mean, Idaho is such a big spread out state that, yeah, you could not even know that, you know, the potatoes have done a really great job with their marketing for grown in Idaho oh, yeah. potatoes. So yeah, yeah. there's so much more agriculture, which is really great.
0: Yeah. Well, and I mean, with the hops production growing like it did, and we moved into number two. And if <laughs> I remember, we took over Oregon in that area. And uh, out of nowhere, we have Mill 95. So what has that meant to to the brewery industry that we have our own mill now in our backyard?
1: So it, it's been a long time coming. Interestingly, you know, hop growers, you know, they harvest it. They pull the cones off the vines and it's with B, I'm not saying it wrong. It is a vine, not a vine based on the direction it goes. I think that's right. <laughs> <laughs> Someone's going to have to like, you know, auto correct me later or <laughs> like, excuse me. Um,
0: Well, don't worry. We'll give out all your contact information so <laughs> they can her get her. Yes, here's <laughs> her problems. here's her cell phone number. Please uh, text her as many times as you want. So. She won't answer. Yeah, <laughs> and she's awake anyway because her daughter's still uh, keeping her yeah, up. So, yeah.
1: <laughs> so I mean, until Mill ninety five came around, for growers in Idaho had to ship their products elsewhere to get fully processed and pelletized, which it's kind of silly given how much acreage that we have. But it, like anything, it's not cheap to get into. And so thankfully, uh, Jamie Scott, she actually came to me like right when I first started and was like, I have this idea. I was like, that's a great idea, do it. <laughs> really so, good idea. Yeah, and it's really changed in their really relationship forward. I mean, being in the backyard, especially in the Boise area, so many people, they really have unparalleled customer service. Like. There's times brewers are like, hey, I'm short. I need something. And it's there within 45 minutes in a cold, a refrigerated uh, van, which is impressive. And they, they actively support pretty much any of the brewers. Uh, they've been really kind to us. And if we've done any sort of collaboration or benefit brew, they've actually been like, okay, what hops do you want? We'll support it. We'll sponsor it by giving you hops, which is great. So they're, I think they're a really wonderful company. It's been a nice addition <clears throat> to our Idaho beer community.
0: Yeah. And I don't, well, at the time we went on that uh, hops tour, we got the to tour the mill. And I mean, that was just impressive, the pelletized piece of it and just how much they can store. And then the fact that they actually are storing other pelletized hops from uh, overseas as well, if I remember right. So yeah,
1: they started working with a company out of New Zealand, which is, I mean, because there are a bunch of different varieties that we don't grow here yeah. grow as well. And it's neat that they've expanded kind of what they're doing beyond just the little pocket of Wilder Parma.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, so, um, number one in barley, number two in hops, we have our own mill now. Mm -hmm. Um, what does the beer industry look like in Idaho? What is, what is the brewery industry look like? Where, where do we stand with other States and, and, uh, our production and our products and things like that? Where are we
1: at? So, uh, Man, I knew I needed to look this up before I showed up. <laughs> the Brewers Association has a lot of great data. I believe we're somewhere in the <laughs> around 10th of breweries per capita. And so in the past 11 years, we've gone from roughly 22 to 24. It was a lot harder to find information at that time. And now we're at close to 100, uh, which has been, you know, we've seen – it's a nice graph of it's a slow and steady rise and I think that's been really good because there are some states you've seen some really big spikes and some drop and spike and drop. So I think here it's been nice to see that steady growth because, it, you know, as an industry, you know, I'm running the organization. If a lot of people are closing, i got to think, what is happening? Right. <laughs> What's going on? So not, no industry is immune from closures, but it's, a, you know, there's some stuff. Uh, but it's been nice to see, and, and brewers – What's nice is there's no one-size-fits-all for a brewery. If you want to be a taproom-only brewery and you only want to produce just a little bit to make it make sense, okay, do that. People find their niche. and then Or if you want to be a big production brewery and ship to 17 states or whatever, go for it. There is an opportunity for you to do that and then everything in between, yeah. especially brew pubs. You don't see a lot of brew pubs opening as much but restaurants
0: are hard. It is harder. You know, and I mean, that's kind of been a model that I've seen a lot here and even in other areas where, you know, they just partner with a food truck. I mean, that's, I I think every brewery probably learned that a little bit that, you know, people can only have so many beers and then they're going to have to get some food in them. And if you don't have any food, then they're going to have to take their money somewhere else. So, you know, they can balance this thing out. So the food truck uh, thing that took place is, is a pretty cool pairing, I think. I
1: wonder if anyone's looked that up to see, like, the rise of breweries and the rise of food trucks because I feel like there should be some sort of <laughs> correlation of growth. <laughs>
0: it, it seems like it would be, right? And, yeah. I mean, it, and it's, it's just a neat it's a neat pairing between the two of them and and it is I mean to have a kitchen I mean there's so many more things that you have to get through so many more hurdles with the city and and so there's just a lot of things there where that makes it you know a little bit easier not to have that food piece there so and really focus on the beer that they want to do and make so yeah
1: and it's been interesting as of, of late that you know the breweries a lot of them you know they've really honed in their beer and they've got that side figured out but At times, getting a food truck, depending, it can be a little bit tough Mm -hmm. just given you can't promise this Tuesday is going to be amazing. Will you please stop? Will you please stay here? It could be crickets. So a lot of really figured out the creative way to get into food without necessarily opening a full-blown restaurant, which is, which you know, limited menu or in, you know, some cases they're like, we just do pizza. Right. Or we just, you know, we just do this, which is – Just another creative way that brewers are figuring out how to make it all work.
0: (laughs) I mean, believe me, I never would have thought pairing beer and sushi were going to be the thing. But I mean, it, it, you know, you're having a beer, you're hungry. There's a sushi truck outside. You're like, well, we just got to try this, so you just do. But that it's one of the things I never thought I would be pairing together would have been sushi and beer. I didn't
1: think there'd be a such thing as a sushi truck, but <laughs> people love it. Hey, it was great. Sushi is <laughs> a big
0: thing. Some people just love that stuff. So oh, yeah. yeah. Um, so a quick question too is that. Um, these master brewers, where where are they coming from? Are they homegrown or are we getting people moving in? I mean, where is that?
1: So it's, you know, there's a lot of, especially founders that were homebrewers turned professional. You know, they opened their own brewery. Some of them received a formal education, whether through a UC Davis program or the Siebel Institute in Chicago. I don't know. I don't, we don't have a ton. I'll tell you that, that were started here but more and more people are learning you know homebrewing is a great way to start it's certainly it's not identical but it's a good place to start for a whole bunch of people and then we've had people you know just the natural growth of idaho people like i know a couple breweries they're like hey my spouse is moving for a job i'm a brewer at you know this you know well-known brewery down in california or texas or illinois you got any jobs it's like yes yes please (laughs) Yeah. So it's been nice to see that. And then others, you know, they're showing a willingness. There's a lot that they started behind the bar and then keg washing and they worked their way up. So it's, again, it's one of those, they come from all over. There's no one path to getting there. Right.
0: (laughs) I, I know I'm going to get killed for this question because there's never, uh, you can never have too much breweries. But <laughs> is there such a thing as, as oversaturation or is it, it, it's not because people just find what they like and that's the brewery they want to visit? Is it anything concerning like that?
1: Um, No, not. Especially not right now, not in Idaho, given our rapid, rapid growth. And there's always the opportunity to make the pie bigger. Mm-hmm. I mean, how many people haven't tried a craft beer? If to you and I that might seem totally crazy, then what do you mean you've never right. had a craft beer from a local brewery? But there's still plenty of drinkers there that they know what they like, and they're not there is more challenging to get them to try something new and different. So if we could just make the pie bigger to reach more people. That are interested in beer, and maybe they'll find the right beer for them mm-hmm. at a brewery. That makes it better for everybody.
0: <laughs> right. So, you started in 2016. Here we are to uh, 2023. What have you seen? Like, what successes have taken place over that time, and what challenges um, have you seen as well? And what does that look like for us going in the future? So sorry, leading you way out there, but let's just think, (laughs) you know, successes and challenges between 2016 and and today.
1: So I'd say, especially between 2016 and today, I'd say uh, a success and a challenge at the same time is I've really seen a lot of breweries grow and really figure out, you know, what they want to be, what they want to be about. You know, this is our mission. This is the kind of beers we want to make. It's not necessarily that chase that chasing every single trend or making sure you, you know you're only making the weirdest, craziest beers. People have really found where they fit in within the beer community, which has been really great to see. Because there's some you're like, okay, I don't know, you're like, okay, okay, I, I think I know what you're about, but I'm not sure. <laughs> but right. you know, they, they find their way. Obviously, COVID was a, a doozy. Mm-hmm. There was a little bit of silver linings, I'd say for. So I try to spin this as positive as possible just because it bums me out. <laughs> but I mean, a lot of a lot of breweries took that opportunity to do some major, major projects where they were like, we couldn't shut down our brewery for a couple of days in order to repour all the floors from our tap room or redo our beer garden. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that was one really, I'd say, positive thing to come out of the pandemic is that they took those opportunities to do those types of improvements uh, but you know no one was immune from that laying off people where are we getting our support like how soon are the ingredients coming or are people going to stop by to fill their growler or pick up a six-pack when are they going to do it <laughs> right. so and it showed a lot I mean off-premise uh, excuse me on-premise meaning you're going to the place to drink mm-hmm. the beverage it's still recovering I mean people weren't you got in such a good habit of picking up what you wanted to stay at home because you weren't necessarily going out. Right, and so uh, off-premise, meaning you're buying the beer and taking it with you. Uh, I mean, that's pretty strong for a lot of a lot of breweries. But on-premise, like bars and restaurants, it's still it's creeping back up. But and then you know you've got some other challenges of alternative alcoholic beverages like. <clears throat> Seltzers and well, I would like cider and wine. have always been there, but yeah, and uh, low proof cocktails. Uh, it's just, it's just new. I mean, heck, I saw they're making they're making alcoholic Sunny D. That's coming <laughs> out. Like what?
0: Really? What? Yeah. Yes.
1: <laughs> Part of me is just like. Ooh, they're going after, you know, the millennials of like, I remember getting Sunny D after a soccer game and now I can drink it on a man,
0: They're just creating more bad memories for people that they don't even, you know, and I it, can't even have a Sunny D anymore because I had a bad memory with it. So. Yeah.
1: <laughs> or, you, you know, it's like the, the, yeah. everyone has a terrible memory with Four Loko and you're like, did you uh. not learn our, our lesson? <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Hard Mountain Dew. It's coming. Or already here. It's hard to keep up.
0: Oh, man. <clears throat> well, yeah. it's just, Yeah. I I mean, a
1: diversifying category is is always going to be a challenge. But people want yeah. to invent. People want to try new things. So we'll see.
0: Well, I mean, that's even on the craft brewery side. I mean, just the different varieties, you know, that people are getting – the things that they're exploring, you know. I mean, you never thought about fruit being infused into into beer. That just, you know, you just didn't think that. Or coffee being part of it oh, or yeah. chocolate. Or, I mean – let's
1: make a sour and it's like – Yeah, oh, oh, or even a sour.
0: You yeah. <laughs> you know, but people love it and it's working. So speaking of that, um, what would you say – Idaho is known for.
1: I mean, it's it's certainly evolved, but you know, there, there's a lot of those big hop flavors, and they're and they're just different from what it's kind of a regionalized. Uh, I always choke. <laughs> Some of them, it's like that punch you in the face with hops type of. Like mm. I want that bitterness. People love that. I don't particularly care for it, but I'd say you get a lot of really really big IPAs coming out of Idaho in the Northwest, and that's what a lot of people are are making people are drinking it so they yeah. wouldn't be making it if they weren't <laughs> right
0: so do you see like what is in the future like and this is something i always ask anybody that's in the brewery industry is you know what is the next craze so and we had talked to jake the other day and you know we said that the ipa IPAs just took off and then the hazies really took off and then um is there something crazy that yeah like people, what's next right because
1: and it's so hard because these trends go in such different. You know, there was IPAs, then it was fruited IPAs, then hazy milkshake IPAs, which I'm still not sure what makes them different. But there are. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to claim to be a beer expert by any means. <laughs> <laughs> I know the laws. <laughs> That's perfect.
0: Well, I, I can tell you that the the brewery industry is an amazing industry. I mean they they fought through a lot you know, and their tenacity and their creativity is absolutely amazing. Uh, They're scrappy. That just, yeah, they just came (laughs) out of it. You know, they just, they just found ways to make it happen. I think one of the greatest things about living in this country though, is that we're social people. Mm -hmm. And, uh, You can lock us in our homes for a little while, but we just aren't going to be able to stay there. You know, we like to be out. We like to be socializing. It is great to see the downtown starting to get active again and that people do want to be out. Um, And events
1: get going. I mean, any events. Yeah. It's great. (laughs) Yeah.
0: And then hopefully, too, I mean, it's the beer industry. You hope you don't have shortage of employees. You hope that people really want to be a part of that, right?
1: So. There's gonna be turnover in of any course, service right? job, yeah. you know, and it's. That'll always be. I'd the say the challenge. expectations of I want to be in the brewery. I think it's great. I'll get to make beer all day. It's like, yeah. well, any seasoned brewer will tell you, they do a lot of cleaning, a lot <laughs> of janitorial work first, and they make us they make beer too. <laughs> right.
0: There's there's just more to it, right? Just more to it. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah.
1: it seems super glamorous. No, oh, you get to drink beer every day. It's like, Phew. yeah. There's a lot of days where you're like I don't want a beer. <laughs>
0: so let's wrap up because you brought these uh beautiful brochures let's just uh hit on that and where people can find these and actually what is in these things as well
1: so this is the latest edition of the idaho brewers trail map well done (laughs) thank uh sponsored and supported by the idaho hop growers commission but you know we include some fun facts and of course you know the day you print it Somebody decides to open their breweries, so it will get updated soon. Okay. (laughs) But it's a statewide map of where all the operating breweries at the time of print are located. So, you know, if you're like, I've got to go travel up to Priest Lake for some family vacation. Yeah. Where can I go? And we'll tell you right here. So you can find these at uh, all the craft breweries in the state. Hopefully, if not, tell them to call me. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Or we actually have a, a... through our Instagram, Idaho Brewers United, there's a map link to request one, and I will actually mail one directly to you if you want one.
0: Perfect. So what are all the ways that they can find you?
1: Oh, Facebook and Instagram. <clears throat> Twitter's too much, so don't look for us there. I think there's probably an account, but I don't do anything <laughs> with it. TikTok. I, I'm not cool enough to do that. <laughs>
0: yeah. Well, the stuff we've seen on TikTok is probably not the best place. So. Well,
1: thank goodness I'm not a state employee. So. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> but, yeah, Facebook uh, and Instagram primarily. We've got our website, org that uh, do my best to keep up to date.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, great. Well, is there anything else you'd like to add?
1: I'd say just look out for April. It's going to be fun. Yeah, it will be. We do various things. And yeah. You know, they hold events, release new beers. It's a good time. Yeah. But just trink, choose Idaho.
0: <laughs> Perfect. Well, Sheila, thank you again for being a part of this with Idaho Brewers United. We really appreciate you coming in and kind of just giving us an update on, you know, what the brewery industry looks like in Idaho. Yeah. Um, so i I'd just like to say I need to thank uh, Associated Insurance Services for sponsoring this event. and. You can go to associatedins.com if you want to learn more. And uh, if you have any questions or comments, I'd really appreciate it. Uh, You can reach out to me at Kyle at associatedins.com. And thanks for being part of Through the Woods.
1: Thank you.